We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace It is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system, feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com, K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. All right, Coachable family, we could not wait to record part two of the Burning Man Breakdown. Everybody wants to hear about it. It's not even just us. We are in the spirit of immediacy. And so we just decided, what the hell, let's just jump right back in. Bio break and we're in. Yeah. So this is going to be a little bit of story time. We're going to share some of the 
the crazy experiences that we've had. I know Craig has so many more than I do, but this will be fun because I think it will give you a taste of, you know, a look into what we've experienced because here's the thing. So many people are like, what, what is Burning Man like? What it's like trying to explain love to someone that's never been in love or trying to explain a psychedelic experience that's never had a psychedelic experience. But you can talk about the experience and tell the story to the best of your ability. And that's what we'll do. And I've got, I want to know how your burn was this year. Again, I I told you kicking and screaming. I didn't reach out to you. Be like, how was your burn? Mm -hmm. The best, worst burn you can have. (laughs) I told you, I literally, my friend Colin left New York four days before the Burning Man opened Mm -hmm. and he wasn't going to go. He only went when he saw the forecast. And he decided on it because- I can't miss this. Wow. I need to be there. That's the mentality of burners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not the other way around. They are not victims. They are not Like, I choose this. This is, I want to experience- Yeah, look, we see in the comments of like everything that went down this year and it's like, why don't they move the festival? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's commenting, like, don't move the festival. This is going to be epic. <laughs> like, it's the most harshest, most remote, difficult to get to. And it's all part of the journey. Yeah. And you need to know that. Yeah. So, to start us off, and that just brought to mind something that you said to me. And you gave me some really good advice before I went out there. We'd had a couple brief chats. Yeah. And you gave me a couple just little bits of guidance. And one of the things you said was, Tori. Two things. You said, don't ever leave camp without your pack, mm-hmm. you know, which was really helpful because you said you never know what's going to happen and, and go I down. I you heard my voice. I like, I got to get my pack. It's like, wait, we're going somewhere. Wait, I got to go get my pack real quick. Mm-hmm. Got to make sure I got water. Got my goggles. Got my yep. scarf. Because Craig said, yeah. I like get stuck in a whiteout and you know, and you don't know what to do. So I always took my pack with me. Um, but the other thing you said, and you said it very seriously and very just nonchalantly at the same time, you're like, don't forget, the fly is trying to kill you. Every second. And the first time those words rang in my ear was Mm. the first night I'm there. Mm. And we had, as I told you in part one, if you haven't listened to part one, we go over the principles, the 10 principles of Burning Man, what those mean to us, how we're applying them in our lives. Uh, We share some stories um, but I mentioned that my, my accommodations, my RV didn't get there for a couple of days. So I was kind of roughing it, trying to figure out where I could stay, staying on in people's tents, that kind of thing. And the first night we I get stay, out there. I stay in it? Yeah. <laughs> first night we get out there. I have, uh, my camp did dinner every night mm-hmm. and, um, that we had actually had a really good, we had chef brought in. He did, he did it upright for Fantastic. us. Fantastic. But um, we had this beautiful meal and then I go out and I ride out onto the fly for the first time. Mm. And that is talk about a magical moment when mm. it's sunset and you, you light up your bike, you put all these lights on it. You're, you're like having the, it's such a visceral moment because I had taken a little bit of psilocybin and I'm riding into this, playa and the sun is setting and I'm like, mm. I am on another planet. Yeah. In the best way. Like this is, I have left earth <laughs> and I'm, what we started to do was just like go from 
from like little art installation to art car to whatever we put our eyes on. We're like, let's just drive there. Let's just ride out there. And as the psilocybin's coming on, everything's, I mean, everything's heightened. Everything's beautiful. The music, I just am taking it all in. And it's an overwhelmingly like immersive experience. And what I um, realize is like one of the girls that I'm riding with is like, let's go see what this thing is out in distance. So let's just drive there. And I'm, I didn't have an e-bike. <laughs> I had a regular bike, which wah, most, wah. most people do. And yep. I'm glad I did. I did my first six years, seven years. But it's, F, it's a lot of, it's a lot of riding. It's a lot of riding. It's a lot of I was of doing cycling classes leading into it. Like you only had three days to prep. Yeah. So we didn't get into this, not- but like. <laughs> And I was a cruiser. It was like a cruiser. You want a beach cruiser. That's the way to do it. I recommend the beach cruiser Mm -hmm. for sure. And I'm like having this moment. I hear your voice and it's like, is trying to kill you. And every just pump of my, of like the wheels turning. It was like a journey to get from one place to a next. And I'm having this whole like self-reflection and each, each like, New installation. Were you I need that to slow down? I need to sit and chill? Um, I was just thinking like, I'm on a trip and now what I'm on a I new trip. What am I doing out here? And <laughs> because it can be very disorienting. For sure. In terms of finding where you're located, knowing where you are in places, in, you know, reference to the man versus to camp. But everything's in reference to the man. Right. The man in the temple. If you can see the man and you know where the temple is, you know where you are. Well, once you know the map. Yes. Right. Because I was so, we got so far into deep playa yeah. that the lights are, are all bleeding together. Totally. And I'm like, wait, is that camp or is oh, that camp? Oh, no, you don't. I don't. And then I find the, the man and we're orienting towards the man. But I'm like, am I, if I actually go to the man, am I actually going, am I in between the man and camp? Right. Or am I, am I actually too far? going farther Past out? <laughs> well, not only that, but the entire city changes. Yeah. So like- It moves. Everything's moving. Everything's moving. <laughs> One of the best lessons I got my first year was don't park your bike next to an art car. Because they move. Because they move. So you'll be like, oh, cool. I'm next to that art car all the way yep. over there. Yep. Where's my bike? Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure it's something that's, you know, on the ground, yep. not moving like a lamppost mm-hmm. or, a, or a street sign. And I remembered you also saying- okay, Tori, you're likely going to have a breakdown or a couple breakdowns while you're there. Even the most composed. And if, if you do, just know it's okay. You're like, yeah. it's it's going to happen. Expect it. Take a few deep breaths. Take like a that few necklace deep breaths. Got, right? Had like, my Camuso with me, took some deep breaths. But I was so glad I had that, like, not pre-knowledge going in because when I did get a little overwhelmed and I'm like, where am I? oh shit, like, am I going to be able to find my way home if I lose my friends? And it was like, it's, it's all right. But that was the first night was, I think the most um, disorienting in terms of trying to get my bearings and like trying to find out. Yeah. It was disorient. Yep. It's It's amazing. There's no place like it. Mm -hmm. And look, I lived in New York city for 10 years walk a lot mm-hmm. right like public transportation you're not in a vehicle but like every other city you're predominantly like in a vehicle 
not relying on your own two feet to get from here to there and mm-hmm. there to here. And there's something about that too, where you're just like, it's cool. I'm just going to ride. Yep. And when you don't have any bike or you don't have an electric scooter, or you don't have the surfboards and all the cool things that you saw out there, mm-hmm. it's a lot of riding. It is five miles across. So the whole city is a Pentagon. Uh, I don't know if you ever rode out to Trash Fence, but I it's did. a Pentagon. I did. And, um, and it's nine miles all the way around. And it's five miles from left to right. No wonder I lost weight. It's far. Everybody comes back. My roommate lost eight pounds. Yeah. Hey, you're riding a lot. A lot. You know? A lot. Yeah. You're burning a lot of calories and you're dancing and you're exploring mm-hmm. and you're, you know, awake for 30 hours and sleep for 10 and mm-hmm. awake again. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. So my first experience in a Burning Man, okay. um, I didn't know where I was going. I was like you, right? Everybody's a virgin once. Once. At some point. I, um, I drove in following my buddy's rented U-Haul truck and there were 12 of us in a sub camp of a bigger camp that had 200 mm. and, um, and the rest of the burners that I was with, like my crew were family and friends that I knew really well. And, um, we came in in a dust storm at night, gate opened at 6 PM back then. Mm. So we came in at 6 PM and it was dark and it was dusty. We couldn't ring the bell. We couldn't do the initiate, uh, like yeah, the- yeah, couldn't do it because it was just weird. They just kind of waved us through, and it was blowing. Like I didn't know what street we were on. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know the layout. Didn't matter. I just saw brake lights and I followed All it five good. miles an hour until we got there. And my buddy Phil comes out the car and he's like, "Park right here. You're good." I'm like feeling pretty sure we're in the middle of the street. He's like, "Nope, you're good." And sure enough, we were like right in the middle of it all. Oh, wow. Like exactly where I was supposed to be. We were in camp. Yeah. I don't know how he drove us into camp, but like we just drove into camp. And the next, uh, that evening as the dust settled and they started setting up their camp, I was in an RV. It was a little easier. We got out and went for a ride. And the awe mm-hmm. and shock of being in this world and these enormous art pieces. That year they had this um, pier that started at the ground and went up and it was just a sheer drop off at mm. the ending of a pier. And at the end of the pier, there was a ladder. And at the bottom of the ladder, there was a rowboat. And we sat, me and my three friends sat in the rowboat. And I looked around on the playa. And I was like, where, where am I? Where am I? Yeah. Like, what is going on? And we had a, a few friends in our crew that had been there the year before. And bless his beautiful heart, Tony Trouble. Shout out to you. I love him. He was like, I know where to go. And he starts leading us on this wild goose chase yeah. all over the playa, not realizing that all the camps move. So like mm-hmm. he was, this was day one of our burn. It was like Monday morning. And yeah. he's like, I know where we're going to go. We're going to go over here. This place is awesome. And it wasn't there. Yeah. And he's like, I swear. I was here last year. I didn't know that it wasn't there next year. Yeah. Like the following year, I grabbed Tony and I was like, Tony, we go for a ride around the playa and can you start showing me where stuff was last year? Mm. And he was like, I did that, didn't I? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you did that. Like everything moves. Yeah, you, just because you're in a, one location on the playa this year doesn't mean you're going to get the same camp like coordinates next year. No, yeah, no, not at all. Even if you're looking at your coordinates based on like, I'm going to make a right at the white RV, like that RV will be gone mm-hmm. in three hours. And there'll be an art car parked in front of it. It was just holding space for, you know, a purple tent yep. instead of whatever. Mm-hmm. So the whole city is ever changing. Mm-hmm. And 
And it's, it's part of that immediacy that you need to recognize and understand. The street signs disappear. I mean, really, proximity. It's really, where's the man and where's the temple? Yeah. And then the disorientation that you feel on Sunday when there is no man is very entertaining. Mm. Because a lot of people clear out. You can all of a sudden see in a lot more different you know, directions yeah. and ways. A lot of the big infrastructure has come down and there's no man. And that's your, that's and that's your, been your North compass. Pole for, yeah. right? Like it's just, it's, it's just, it, there's only one place on the, in the world that this happened. Yeah. And it's Black Rock City. Ugh. I mean, epic, epic, epic. Okay. So I'm curious. I'd love for you to tell what the temple is and talk mm-hmm. about what the temple is mm-hmm. um, and what it signifies. Cause there is the man that's at center camp. Um, at six o'clock? Mm, no. So on a clock, if you look See? at Burning Man as the face of a clock, which it is, the man is the center, center of the arc. Right. The temple is at 12 o'clock. Right. It's open from 10 to two. That's deep playa. Mm-hmm. And then the city goes two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. Okay. So when you're driving out to center camp or into to center playa, there's burnt, which is amazing. It changes every year. It was this mm-hmm. big beehive. It was, awesome. oh my gosh, yeah. it was incredible. The Loved honey. All the hexagons oh, yeah. and the honey. And, it's really you know, neat. I heard there were sounds and, mm-hmm. and triggers that people were playing on. I heard it was really yeah. something special. It was. It was really beautiful. And then just out from there is the temple, which is just powerful energy. Awe inspiring to just look at the just the structure itself, the detail, the time. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then you walk in and it is, um, it's just this very holy, like powerful space. And there's a separate story, which I will tell, which is that, but when the art cars go by, I was on an art car at one point and we turn, DJ's blaring, we're partying, man. And the the turnout, it just goes silent. And it's just- Sacred, sacred space. Yeah. You just don't, yeah. You just honor, honor the temple. Uh, We had, uh, we lost a dear friend of breast cancer, 40 Mm -hmm. years old. Bless your beautiful heart, Casey. And we wrote a little something and our friends put it up along with some of her ashes. And mm. you bet I felt that go when, when that temple burned. Yeah. And it's not just us. It's, it's everything else. It's a place you go to pay tribute to your life and those that are in your life and a memory that you might have, traumatic experience you've come to terms with, whatever. Mm. It's a space where you're there to honor whatever it is in you that needs to be honored. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's amidst the noise. There's usually wind barriers, so it's not quite as windy there. It's beautiful to be in the temple during a windstorm. Mm. You have people weeping, mm-hmm. crying, mm-hmm. meditating. You'll see somebody meditating in the same place for two days. Mm. You go back and they're like, they're still here. They wow. haven't changed their clothes. Like, there are people that spend their, their time in, in the, the temple. temple. Yeah. I spent, um, I went out there I sort of thought ahead, planned ahead of if there anybody or anything I wanted to, you know, honor. Um, and I went out there with a group uh, first, and then I with with our camp. We did a ride out after dinner yep. one night, and that was really beautiful. Really, just held some space for some people that were really yeah. a lot of grief, a lot oh, of yeah. transmutation of a lot of past pain, um, a lot of releasing that happens. And then I went out there by myself and. Uh, had a really profound, profound experience and just moment of recognition for 
what I've, what I've lived through, what I've survived, what I've been through that's gotten me to this moment. You know, all of the moments that had to happen in order for me to be in that moment. Yeah. And um, it was, it was really, really powerful. I walked in um, and, and you'll see photos, you'll see letters that have been written, you'll see um, someone's old shoes, someone's robe, things that they want to, you know, that, that are a reflection of maybe whatever they're honoring. And there was this gorgeous um, wedding gown that was hanging up. Mm. And across it, it just said fraud. Mm. And I just, There's a lot of that. Yeah, I just took a moment to just, and you just can feel into like who, Whose life? Who who wrote that? What was their story? It's a lot of pictures. You don't know. Yeah. We take time to walk around by ourselves mm-hmm. together. Um, we honored a miscarriage we had there together and put mm-hmm. together. Just me and my wife had a very special moment. There's there's a lot that happens at the temple, and there are angels. There's an entire camp dedicated to managing the temple. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I forget the exact name, but there's an entire camp that's dedicated to just managing and tending to the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a temple build crew, which is a, a sacred thing. Um, they've already started designing next year's temple. Mm-hmm. They've already taken applications and gone through the process of what that's going to look like. Um, and there's grants, of course, for that and that sort of thing. That's, that all goes into the ticket price. Um, and there are angels that guard the temple, make sure that people are keeping their music off, going up to the art cars. The art car driver knew, mm-hmm. turned the music down because they pulled up with the thumping and somebody came out and said, hey, can you do me a favor? And just mm-hmm. when you're within 200 feet, can you lower your music? Yeah. Um, and if you want to make noise, go 200 feet and deploy and you can make as much noise as you want. Just face away from mm-hmm. the temple mm-hmm. right? to respect what's going on at the temple. Um, so those angels are there to guard the temple and hold space mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just thinking back to my buddy Sanj. We were standing at this particular year in the middle of the temple and, and we were just kind of holding space and we were all just kind of dropped into that energy. And Sanj just looks at me and goes, are we good on the temple? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of energy mm-hmm. to come. Most of the time you're in deep ply to dance or look at art and have a good time. And it's like, should we stop at the temple? And other times you're leaving from camp specifically holding yeah. art or something that you want, right? Like there's different times. And this one particular time we had just come from dancing yeah. and sweating and, you know, sunrise and, and shade. Temple has shade. Okay, let's go. And it was like, okay, we done with the temple? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Mm. Temple burn is a very special night. And obviously this year was a little different and circumstances are always different. I usually don't miss temple burn. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't missed temple burn. Um, even the years I'm not on playa, I still celebrate Temple Burn, mm. and it still it still encapsulates the end of my year or night one. If Burning Man, if New Year's Eve is is the man burn, then it's the first day of my my year and the intentions that I'm going to set for it. Whereas the man burn Saturday night is the biggest party on the basically on the planet. Yeah, That's seventy thousand people in a one mile radius, blaring everything all out. There's usually wind. There's usually just the energy that's coming off this place is epic by contrast you can hear a pin drop mm. at the temple mm-hmm. and you have smaller gathering because a lot of people have left a lot of people can't handle mm-hmm. the temple burn don't want to be there for the temple burn aren't built for that um i have a feeling you would absolutely love it mm-hmm. it's the ultimate plant ceremony without the substance you need nothing um i've had some of the most cathartic releases mm-hmm. i've been carried and held i've 
blacked out and left my body and come back. Mm. Um, I've weeped like I'm weeping on ayahuasca and plant medicine. I've had those types of experiences mm-hmm. at the temple. Mm-hmm. I've howled, screamed, mm-hmm. I've shouted, I've been pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can even feel mm-hmm. it coming up now. Um, I've released anger. You know, the temple, the man burn is like, we're here to have a good time. The temple burn is for... All the times you did it. Yeah. And it's a very sacred and special place that I'm not screaming to disrupt anybody else's. I'm screaming because I'm fucking pissed at something that happened that I didn't get to speak up on or yeah. something that I don't feel was fair or something that I don't, <laughs> Yeah. whatever, insert traumatic experience mm-hmm. here. We all have them. And this is a place where you can release that. My two last years on the playa, um, I left early. Um, the one year, um, one year we left just after the man burned for a couple different reasons. And we celebrated Temple Burn uh, in, in, in a small town between here and Reno. Um, and it was beautiful and wonderful. And we streamed it. And, you know, my wife and I had our own little ceremony and it was beautiful. The next year, the last year that I was on Playa was 2019. And it was, uh, we left Saturday morning. I was already home mm. by Temple Burn. I want to talk about an awesome year. It was, I was already home, settled mm-hmm. in my, and my wife and I had, a little ceremony in our, in our living room. Mm. It's just a really sacred, special experience. Yeah. I was, yeah. Disappointed that I didn't get to experience either the man burn or the temple burn, but it, it also just gives me another reason to go back. Just gotta go back. <laughs> go back. Yeah. yeah. It's a very special place. And it's, um, it's such a contrast to everything else that's happening on the playa. So it's a re- I so appreciate the fact that that's such a important part of the experience out there because it wouldn't be the full human experience without that. Yeah. You know, look, man burn. You will usually find me sitting on an art car with my earplugs in just chilling. Yeah. Usually pretty high. <laughs> like, because there's so much chaos. There's so many people letting go. And my favorite days on ply are actually the beginning of the week. Mm. Build week. If you can get out there for build week and you have the time to give yourself 10 days on the playa mm-hmm. and you can get three or four days of build week. Even if I've done burn, I've done build week where I'm not part of a camp mm. that needs and requires build. Um, our camp never got placement. We did not require build week. We never got directed tickets. And we can talk about that. Mm. Um, I went one year where I just wanted to get on playa early and I was already living full time in my RV. So I didn't, I just needed to go to the playa. I didn't need to, to stop anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to be there. So I reached out to a couple of friends and I was like, hey, look, I'm not in your camp. Um, you need help build? And they were like, yeah, because they always need help. Yeah. Right? And I was like, and do you have early entry? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, do you need a ticket? And I was like, no, I don't need a ticket. I just need early entry. And they got me that working pass and I was able to go in early and help somebody else build their camp, which <laughs> I am so glad I was not a part of that camp that year. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um I got there on Thursday. They had to build something like 60 yards. Oh, wow. There was, there was like two built. Yeah. It was windy. I was like, how many of these do we have to build? I don't know. Remember the exact number. It was 16. It doesn't matter. It was a, <laughs> a lot. ton of yurts. And yeah. I was like, there's nothing built here yet. Mm-hmm. Like, what's everybody going to sleep in? Can mm-hmm. you imagine showing up? Your RV's not there. Your yurt's not built. Like, yeah, Welcome was, to the playa. <laughs> well, and it, was, and it was more of a plug and play experience. Mm-hmm. Um, these people weren't setting up their own. They weren't expecting to. There was paid help. I was I was just a burner wanting to help mm-hmm. and there was paid help that was there. 
Um, and how's that for a great lesson? And you should probably have a little bit more to do in your own Burning Man experience than to show up and expect something to be done and it's not done for days. Yeah, that's a lesson in itself. (laughs) In itself. Um, So there are these things that happen on the playa called whiteouts. Oh, yeah. Um, I experienced my first whiteout. I think the second night I was there. So a friend of mine, I got so lucky that because even though I went by myself in terms of I didn't know anybody else in my camp, I had a lot of friends that were there yeah. and situated Which perfectly. I knew that. You were like, I'm yeah. going by myself. I'm but like, it's like, you're not. You know so many not. people out there. You'll find yeah. them. And situated perfectly on either side of me, like two blocks over are my friend's camp. It was, it couldn't have been a better, um, by magic. Yeah. Situation. And one of my friends, uh, camps, it was interesting because he also went with a camp that he didn't really know anybody. And it was, uh, very little English spoken in this camp. Cool. So that was out there. That's a thing. Yes. Which is interesting. So one of the guys in the camp, uh, a lot of Israelis, he was an amazing DJ. I love Israel. Yeah. They're great. And they, um, so they had this, art car scheduled to pull up to the camp and everyone was going to get on at camp. That always goes well. So we did. (laughs) And we packed, it was a two-story, multi-story art car. Is this rickety thing. The guy that, oh, it's his, his art car. His name was Herman. And he is decked out and he's he's like, welcome to my art car. Yeah. And I get up there and I'm like, okay. We pack so many people on this thing and we yeah. drive all the way to deep playa. Is it safe? And halfway out, there is a whiteout. And I'm sitting at on top. My legs are dangling. We pull up, we stop, and you can't see anything but besides the light on the car, basically. And we get off and we are, I'm dancing. I am like, just twirling. All I can see is like maybe someone's goggles that appear like totally. so out of nowhere. White out is white out. It, you it, can't see you your hand in front of your face. You see anything. And I just had never experienced anything like this. Disorienting. It, and very disorienting. And one of the most like magical, unexplainable, you can't replicate it moments, you know? So the dust is like baby powder. Mm-hmm. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. I go to festivals and, and you know, you're dealing with like dirt dust, mm-hmm. like like stuff that you could stop with like a scarf. Yes. Right? Like you-, you It's like I learned about an N95 respirator by going to Burning Man. Oh, wow. Before it was- <laughs> Before it was- I'll show thing. you pictures of me March, um, March 13th, because it was Friday the 13th of the pandemic. Mm. And all the rumors were starting to fly about like virus and pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And I had a, a trip, business trip to Dallas. My wife was 38 weeks pregnant. My daughter was born. Her due date was March 5th. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, April 5th. And, um, and my wife was like, well, if you're going to go, you're going to wear a mask. This was before they were mandating masks, before they were talking about masks. And I wore my N95 respirator mm-hmm. from Burning Man, mm-hmm. which I used to keep with me at all times in case I'm ever stuck in a dust storm. Yep. The first couple of years that I was on playa, the dust was actually really um, bothersome to my throat and my nose. Now I don't. Now I don't even wear a respirator in a dust storm. I heard a lot of people coughing and 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 it doesn't even bother me anymore. Yeah, like, I luckily didn't have any issues with it. It, it bothers grateful. some people. It gets in your nasal passage. The the dust is very alkaline. It bothers and it irritates people's skin. Like I have people that wear gloves the entire time they're out there mm-hmm. that take vinegar or something to cut 
the alkalinity of it mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis, right? Like there's all sorts of different things that burners do to, to cope with it. Um, but yeah, my first year it was like night goggles, daytime goggles, mask, like yeah. all this stuff was in my pack at all times. And now I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah, I barely put on goggles. Like if I'm driving through it or moving through it mm -hmm. on, you know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm so excited to talk about this because this show is all about leveling up your game. And that's the mental, emotional, spiritual game as well. And I know that we've all been through something challenging in our life, whether that's the loss of a loved one, a relationship, or just trying to figure out your place, your purpose, and your worth. There is nothing more valuable that I have found in my life than finding safe spaces for me to talk through what's really going on in between my ears, inside my head. And sometimes our mind can be our biggest block to transformation. But with BetterHelp, you have a therapist that you can connect with entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable for your schedule. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, I really encourage you guys to try BetterHelp. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash coachable. Yeah, the, the whiteouts are intense. And when they happen, they can happen obviously at any time, day, night. And I, there were a couple at night that I was caught in. Yeah. And you just stop. You just stop wherever you are. And you just. It's the original shelter in place. It is. Like literally don't go anywhere. Nope. No. And. <laughs> We were one night, the second night that that happened, it was Thursday, which was my absolute favorite night of the burn. And we had seen some uh, favorite DJ, Polo Ipan. It was, this was epic. So my friend and I go to see Polo Ipan and we had left a note for our friend at a different camp. I love it. And there are some camps that have like little cubbies, like with the names of people. So our you can camp, leave Our camp, notes. we had um, every RV got a magnet. Uh, or stick on mm -hmm. whiteboard so you can so leave smart. notes to people. Yeah, that's how yeah. I found my friend the initial night that I was oh. <laughs> homeless um, because of a whiteboard drawing. But so we'd left, he'd left a note for our friend and was just like, we're going to Polo Ipan, left-hand side of the of the stage. Cool. Is that looking at the stage or is that stage left? She- <laughs> It's a long time is, She is known for Liz. Shout out to Liz. If you're watching this, I love you so much. She is- very talented in finding random people <laughs> in a in a crowded place. I have place. that gift too. And she pulls up on us and we just have this amazing moment. I can't believe you found us. And we're rocking out, enjoying Polly Pond. And we find two more. Most of the nights, it had either I'd been either solo or like with one other person. Run into your friend. And it was the first night we had like, it was like five or six of us. And we had this epic crew and we decide to leave the show. But someone did say, don't ever leave a good time and search for a better time. Nope. I learned that. We learned that that is a good rule to live by. If you're having a good time, just enjoy it. Just stay. Stay. So the, the first time, uh, two stories on finding people and then of like the Burning Man mentality. So um, when we started running a camp, we, we told everybody to go get radios. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, we were 30 people. All 30 people had the same radio on the same frequency. And they worked for you? It was magic. Yeah, yeah, it was magic. Second year, 50 people all on the same frequency. Third year, 65 people in our camp, but then a bunch of people that didn't camp with us that still had the frequency. So when we were in the height of it, we could go to any festival and turn on our radios and there would be people there like, hey, 
Desiderata, right? Yeah. It was really pretty, pretty freaking amazing. That was great for immediacy because it's a radio. And if you don't want to be found, you turn it off. Mm -hmm. And if you do want to find, you turn it on. It was really cool. But before that, our first year, no cell phones. It's 2012. We get there on Sunday. It's nighttime, midnight, right? Monday, we have all day Monday and Tuesday. And like all day Monday, we're going out a crew of 12. Mm. Okay. It's a huge pain in the ass, actually. Mm -hmm. It's, it's way easier and more fluid, yeah. right? A lot As to keep up with. I'm going to the bathroom. Don't move. Right. And then it's like, no, 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 Tori, Tori, wait, 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 wait. Craig's, Craig's in the bathroom. We got to wait. Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't want to fucking wait. I want to fucking mm -hmm. go. Like, right. So there's that part of it. All day Monday into Monday night, it was like, don't go. And inevitably, you lose people. Yeah. Right. Inevitably, you're like, hey, you lose we, a lot of things. On the for sure. That's a different story. For sure. Like, <laughs> dude, we waited for 20 minutes. What happened to you? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I started talking to this guy who's making this little glass penis and, right? Like, whatever. <laughs> so, all of a sudden we would lose people and then we'd go back to camp and then like, we would like, they would come back, mm -hmm. right? Like days later, like, where have you been? Mm -hmm. Haven't and seen you would, in forever. Totally. And they would have these tales of like, of like, oh, you don't understand. I was, I was on this art car and then this unicorn came by. No, no, no. Like a real unicorn. Yeah. Like I just had to touch it. So I started to walk towards it and then it started to drive away. And then, and then I followed it. And then, and then this, <laughs> The leprechaun came out and then this other guy came over and then I had the most amazing minestrone soup I've ever had. Yeah. And I was like, I need to meet the cook. So I went and met the cook, right? Like mm -hmm. this is what happens. And by like Tuesday or Wednesday, people had already come back with these incredible stories mm -hmm. of like, we thought they'd be like, I, I was looking for you guys for yeah. like an hour and I couldn't find you. And I, no, it's none of that. It was like, I came out and like, I was fine. So like Tuesday on, it was like, Hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Don't be here when I get back. Yeah. I'll, I'll see That's you later. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, the ply has a way of providing and bringing people to you mm -hmm. and sharing with these experiences. And, and it's that immediacy that you, that you slip into mm -hmm. that allows you to make that available. Mm -hmm. Like it's always an available option. Mm -hmm. We're just too busy following our calendars and, and the things we have to do to drift into that immediacy. Yeah. It's here right now. Yeah. All possibilities are this. Well, cause one of the games we started playing was just like, what would I love right now? <sighs> What would manifesting. I, what would I love? Manifesting like, on the plies. Is so, it's so next level. <laughs> it's insane. And the th types of things that were like manifested is like an omakase dinner on the playa. Like, like what? <laughs> what? Oh yeah, we could do that. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, a bouncy house. Nice. Like literally a party having like people just like jumping in a bouncy house. The first two years that I was on the playa, two Burning Mans, every single time I drove across the playa. So every time I left nine o'clock to go to three o'clock, I left 10 o'clock to go to eight o'clock, whatever. Mm -hmm. Anytime I rode on the open playa, I was greeted with a fresh bowl of cold fruit. I think, yes. Yeah, yeah, you told me this. This is no joke. Like it happened seven or eight days my first year. And I was like, this had to be like, mm -hmm. like a thing. And then the first ride the second day, just going across the playa, I wonder what kind of fruit it'll be. That's amazing. Pineapple. Ah. Uh, There's fucking pineapple on the other side. I'm like, I gotta start asking for like honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing you're not gonna no, find on the playa. Not. No, of course not. But it it when you put that energy out, that playa magic. All right. So you talked about meeting up with friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. So shout out to my friend Jules. I love her. She was a longtime burner before I got there. I told her what camp I was staying at, Spanky's Village. I told her where I was going to be. And I told her when I was going to meet up with her. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I go back to my camp, meeting up with her at that time. I wind up hanging out, getting into a conversation, Spanky's Village, very unique place. Mm-hmm. It's all in a, um, S&M and like, not my thing, might be yours, it's cool, but like, whatever. I didn't really spend a whole lot of time at camp until like this one particular day. And then I was like walking around talking to people. They had a wine bar. I'm hanging out. What are you doing here at camp? Meeting my friend Jules. Cool. What does she look like? Mm-hmm. I'm standing in the middle of my camp. I'm standing in a wide open area in the middle of my camp. Okay. I'm talking to my friend and we're here just to wait. And Jules is late. Mm-hmm. And I'm ticked. Like I can't believe Jules. Yeah. Okay. The entire time that we're standing there, there's another couple right behind me mm-hmm. having a conversation. The entire time, a half hour, we're standing in the middle of this wide open area. And the entire time, there's this other couple that's standing there. I heard her voice. It was Jules. I turned over. I was like, Jules, have you been standing behind me this entire time? She goes, Craigie, have you been standing here this entire time? And I'm like, fuck off. I'm like screaming your name to high hell that you're not here. She's like, do you know I knocked on every RV and then I came here and I'm like, and she said something like Craig. And I was like, yeah. Immediately knew. We were standing back to back for 20 minutes, right next to each other, in the same camp. Mm -hmm. Things like this happen all the time Mm -hmm. where it's just like. Okay. I got to tell you. I'm ready. So I go over one day to a friend's camp and they're like, so glad you're here, but you need to go over there. I just came back from this camp. You got to go see it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like, Go over there, get a cup of coffee. And then come back to me. Sweet. I'm like, all right. Guess I'm going to go get some coffee. Field and trip. So I go over to this camp. It's a Turkish coffee camp. Mm. Beautiful. My wife is Turkish. Oh, really? They've got these beautiful rugs. These like amazing places to hang out. Everyone's over there just like chilling, sipping their coffee. And I go up to the bar. Are you here for some coffee? And I'm like, yes, I would love some. So they give me this Turkish coffee. I'd never had Turkish coffee before. So that was a treat. Mm. And they said, go enjoy your cup of coffee. And then when you're done, uh, there's a lot of coffee grounds in the bottom. Come back. Get a reading. And get a reading. So good. Okay. Don't know what that is, but I am in. I am in. It's a thing. So I drink my cup of coffee, bring back my my grounds. They turn it upside down. I wait. And then this guy comes to me very nice. And he's like, "Uh, are you ready for a reading? And I was like, sure. And so they do a past, present, future reading. Um, wild, huh? Wild. <laughs> and he is, they also look for like signs or symbols or animals in like in the cup. Mm-hmm. And first thing he says is, do you see this right? He tells me about my past and he, a, a lot of things that res- resonated, but he's like, do you see this right here? And it was this long, tall thing. And he was like, this is the stratosphere in Las Vegas. Hmm. Have you ever been to Las Vegas? <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, we tend to look for these types of um, uh, landmarks. And we see the, what's the one in Seattle? Is it yeah, the Space Needle. The Space Needle. Yeah. He's like, this one's the stratosphere. And um, it means you're very cosmic. You're like multi, like, you're not from this planet. Like you're very connected into the other realms. And this is an indicator. And are you, are you, have you ever been to Vegas? I was like, I live in Vegas. And I was like, well, all right. And then he goes on to say, he points out this animal. 
I was like, do you have a spirit animal? And I was like, no, not that I resonate with. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's like, talks about the seahorse and he points out the seahorse and I see it. And he talks about the, the message of the seahorse is to talk about the balance of your masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And um, which over the last several years, I've really been working uh, on being, being mm-hmm. more in flow of my, like really receiving being in my feminine. Cause I was always very dominant in my masculine for years. And the message I received is it's not, you're, you're not just leaning into your feminine, you're standing in it. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're in, the, you're in it. You're in the balance of it. And that was the message the seahorse came to give. And I was like, I fully received that. Yeah. So I go back to my friend's camp and telling, we're sharing our stories about, uh, about our readings. And then I go back to my camp and I'm driving on my little, on my little bike. And I look up and I'm at this magical seahorse camp. <laughs> There's these huge seahorses in front of me, and I just have this giggle and chuckle, and I'm like, "Okay, life, universe, fly, whatever." I was like, "This is amazing." And then Can you turn the, the volume up a little yeah, louder I'm on like, life, please. I I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> and then the next day, I'm at this other amazing camp. My friend goes and gets a beard wash and like a massage for his beard. Did you find Doctor Broner's? Uh uh-uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't get to go oh, to that. And um, we go across and they're doing these temporary tattoos and you can get a bunch of temporary tattoos. And the first one they give me, seahorse. So I get this massive seahorse on my, on my arm and it was just Listen like up. these amazing. Yeah. And then the last thing is the next day, I'm in deep playa, we're, we're driving cycling, whatever. And we run into these cones and like, you can't go any further. Like you have to stop. There's about to be a drone show. Nice. Thousand drone drone show. Amazing. And we get this amazing view and they, because it was Animalia, it, it was all these animals, yeah. massive seahorse in the sky. I took pictures of this stuff. <laughs> it was epic. Amazing. So that was one of the things It's just like, you can't. The synchronicities on Playa. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the cool part. They're, they're still here. Mm-hmm. We're just too damn busy. To see it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 2012 was a spiritually awakening year for me. Um, didn't do ayahuasca until 2014, but 2012 was a big, I mean, it was just in general, it was a big awakening year for the planet and um, the Mayan calendar, right? There was a lot that happened in 2012 in general. Mm. It was a big awakening for me. And we start having these very intentional ceremonial plant medicine experiences, um, 5-MEO, ayahuasca. Mm. Um, ketamine, um, psilocybin, right? All of these different experiences that continue to open me up and open me up and open me up. I think I'm pretty tapped in just in general. Not now. I mean, like Mm -hmm. at the time, 2015, 2016, 2017. All my friends that I'm hanging out with, they're having these like spiritual experiences where they're like hearing their angels and like getting downloads. and It's like happening, like Mm -hmm. manifesting instantaneously. And I'm like, Starting to get a little ticked off that I'm not having these instantaneous experiences, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm like, I'm doing miraculous moments, yeah, these miracles. I'm doing the work. Yeah. Like, what's what's wrong with me? Right? I don't hear anything. I don't mm-hmm. see anything. I'm not like not being visited by entities and right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm lucky. I don't. Whatever. Right. 2018, I was on Playa, and I was driving across the Playa by myself, and all of a sudden, um. It was white out and then it cleared. And when it cleared, it was noisy. Mm. 
and I was like, not the kind of like, like, like the kind of noise, um, that you would hear, um, like a movie, like background noise, mm-hmm. like a crowd. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? Right. I'm not listening to anything. I'm not around an art car. There's nobody around me. Because like, the playa has a sound. There's like, it's this bleed of all the sounds and all of the- Totally. It, it's got a sound, but this is like, sounds like it's different. It was this, but amplified. Like I was literally looking around for like a crowd machine. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? I'm looking up. Like, it's so clear. Kind of shake it off. I go into town and I'm driving. And all of a sudden, I- I'm aware of my surroundings in a different way. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm hearing bits and pieces of different conversations that other people are having. And the bits and pieces of the conversations they're having are answers to questions I've asked in prayer. I start freaking the fuck out. Mm. All this time I'm trying to listen for like, here's the answer. Like, mm-hmm. you're amazing. Mm. Whatever. Like some voice. And the reality is, my angels were always all around me. And all of a sudden, I got really, really keen on the background noise. Or what I thought was the background noise. And I remember having a conversation with my wife. And, and I, <laughs> I had this profound look on my face. And she was like, what what's going what on happening and i was like i got it i got a download and she was like what <laughs> like because i've never gotten one before mm-hmm. and i was like and i hear my angels mm. and she's like are you serious and i'm like they're everywhere and she's like what do you mean and i'm like they're everywhere like we went outside and this couple was walking by and they were having a conversation and we only got to hear a piece of it and whatever they were talking about was something that me and my wife were talking it was about. a message for you yeah And she was like, I was like, did you hear that? She's like, yeah. And I was like, do you remember three days ago we were talking about this, this, and that? And we were asking for an answer. And she goes, you think that's the answer? And I go, I think that's the universe pushing us in the direction of the answer. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think if we slow down. Pay attention. And start paying attention to what we would, the default mode network and the reticular activator system and all of these things that filter our brain away from all those things. If we open it up, I think our angels are a lot closer than we think. You start picking up on things. We're always all around you. You just weren't aware of them. I got slapped in the face that burn with slow down Mm -hmm. and pay attention Mm -hmm. because we've always been there. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. Well, that story, (laughs) right? it, It reminds me of the thing that I wrote, which was, you know, this is a place where you'll question everything about your life and ask, why did you come to this godforsaken place? And it's also the place that you'll realize that God has not forsaken you. God is inside of you and in the minds, hearts, eyes, voices of everyone around you. And it's like, those are, <laughs> I love Marion Williamson's quote in Return to Love. It's like, when you, when you call on God, you don't call on a force that comes in and makes everything rosy and, and nice. You call on everything that's going to challenge you and force you to grow. And when you say, God sent help, God says, I sent you. And I sent you and I sent you. We are. I only God sent your angels. And, yeah, it's like everywhere, everywhere the you little, look. The little candle on the sun, something like that. It's a great story that we read to each other mm. often. Um, I only sent you angels. 
when you start to slow down and start to pick up on what's around you and how much potential you have and how capable you are, you really start to pick up on the juice of, of life. And it was a really nice lesson for me at the burn mm. where I picked up on that. And I took that off playa to a point now where I walk through a casino and I'm like, oh, cool. What yeah. can I- <laughs> Tuned in. You're attuned <laughs> totally. in a totally different way. Um, we're running out of time, but I do want to say one, a friend of mine, a dear friend at my camp had a, a radical experience similar to yours in, that, mm. in the sense that, and he shared this really publicly in front of our camp and it was so beautiful because it just goes to show the power of what can happen there. And he, um, he said that a couple, uh, a couple of months ago, six, seven, eight months ago, he had his first uh, 5-MeO-DMT experience with the toad. And it was really profound. And um, one night at, on the playa, one day, he was at a camp and he realized in that moment that the, the, the vision that he had in his DMT experience, he was living in. He was in the middle of. And every person that was in that vision was there. Mm. Um, seated in the same places, having the same conversation. He was in the middle of that, that vision. Wow. And he was just, you know, in awe of, of the message and just the profundity of being. In- and what's so profound about that is it's not like you're um, at a bistro next to the corner of your house no. that you go to all the time, right? This was like a Burning Man setting that was built specifically for this year, never happened before and we'll is never, never going to happen again. again. And the cast of characters that are there are never, never going to be there again. And the odds of those people being in those places, like- It was, yeah. Oh, that's the magic. It's, it's magic. It's magic. It's the playa magic. There's one last thing. And that is, we go there for the challenge. Mm-hmm. I think this speaks volumes to what happened this year and what the media picked up on and the experience that you had. And we go there because it's challenging. We go there because it's remote. Um, you're almost always going to have a problem on the way in. Learn you almost that. never say, like literally, you will never, rarely will you hear a burner say, like, this was just too easy. Too easy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe how easy it was. That the ease changed as soon as I stopped packing. Well, you know, look, that's, your burn starts the moment you decide you're going right. or that you want to go. And then it's the magic of all of it because the playa magic happens in Reno. Mm-hmm. It happens, mm-hmm. right? You're like walking through a store and you get the last one of a particular thing that you needed in just your size. Yep. Like you get to costume cult and they have the exact thing that you want. Like all these things, just these synchronicities just start to pop all around you. And it's only because your energy is open mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And if there's one takeaway that it's like, this is open and available to you every day, all the time. All the time. Right now, mm. open yourself up to that magic. Get yourself off of the screen, the schedule, the, and there's plenty of times where I block out an entire day yeah. and I don't have anything to do today. Mm-hmm. And yet amazing things happen. Well, and I think as a, as something that you guys, if you're still here, still listening to this, we're still enthralled Love in this you. conversation. Thank you. Amazing. One thing you can practically do, and I just actually gave this invitation to my community yesterday. Um, and if you don't know about it, we run a weekly call of community people like this who want to have these types of conversations on Mondays called the huddle. I, my invitation to them was one that I learned at Burning Man, which is at every meal um, before the meal, we would take moments and we would talk about our magical moments and we'd mm. share the magic that was happening. And I said, I want you to, when we meet part of our mm. ritual now is to share the magic moments that happen in your day because they are happening. 
you're just not paying attention. That's the question before our meal. So go look, go look and make that the game. And even if it's the magic moment was a conversation I got to share with somebody today and I really forgot about what time it was and we just really had to, got to drop in or this joke that just made me laugh so hard and whatever it is, it's set your focus and your intention on looking for the magic because Mm. you'll always find what you go looking for. Mm. Always. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. What happened magically in your day today? Mm. I love that. That's my question before dinner. Yeah. Beautiful. This was magical. You are. I love you. You are amazing. I love you. you. You're amazing. Mm. I love you too. (laughs) You guys. I hope you will take something um, from this conversation that you will find courage in the pursuit of what makes you feel more alive. Um, Wherever that takes you, it will never lead you astray. Um, I can guarantee you that. So I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being open. Um, It will take you so far. Tune in next week to another episode of the Coachable Podcast. We'll be back. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.